0: Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome to the Graceful Truth Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Dana. We're here to speak truth in the most graceful way possible about our personal experiences that we've had throughout the foster care and adoption system. We're also gonna cover some things we've encountered along the way. We don't sugarcoat anything. These are all real people telling their stories. This is a safe place. This is a place we're going to share our stories, without feeling judgment, without being misunderstood, or really being turned in to an agency for simply sharing our experiences. We're also going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to come together as one to figure out the best way to effectively change the legislation and the laws, and also ways to help our children. Our goal is to be the voice for those who can't speak. We're here to share our stories. We're here to share our realities. It's time to come together and be that voice for these children. So please join us as we embark on this journey. All right guys, today's guest is Daniel Levin. Daniel walked away from an opportunity to run a billion dollar business, to hitchhike around the world to find happiness and inner peace. He studied in a seminary five years and left one day before becoming a rabbi and he has lived as a monk in a monastery for 10 years. As director of business development, he grew Hay House from $3 million a year in sales to $100 million a year in revenue. Levin is a rare blend of businessman and mystic who sees what others do not see. It has been this one quality more than any other that has thrown him into some of the most exclusive boardrooms to help companies innovate new ways of finding solutions when the old ones stopped working. He is the author of The Mosaic, a life-changing fable that invites people to listen to those others do not hear and to see the situations in their life differently. To learn more about Daniel Levin, please go to www.danielbrucelevin.com and Levin is spelled L-E-V-I-N. So www.danielbrucelevin.com. Also check out his other website, www.themosaiconline.com. That's online.com So today, we're going to talk about what Daniel's learned from having a developmentally delayed daughter. I hope you enjoyed today's chat. Today, we are going to talk about what Daniel has learned from having a developmentally delayed daughter. So, Daniel, I want to turn it over to you.
1: Thank you so much. Dana, it's uh, it's nice to meet you. We met all of about 18 seconds ago, um, <laughs> but it's nice to meet you, and, I'm, and I so admire people that work with people who have special needs kids and oh. people who are... Um, Given the opportunity to see what life's like with a special needs kid. Yes. My, daughter, my daughter was born developmentally delayed. So the beauty of our situation was nobody could say what she actually had. Um, and she went through the first three years of her life with me in denial, not wanting to know. And um, my wife wanting to know, but not really being able to find out we went to doctor after doctor after doctor and we didn't love the idea of keeping continuing to test her, but they would rule out things. They would say, she's not autistic. She's not this, she's not then, but that was in the years that was, she's 30 years old now. So 30 years ago or 25 years ago, autism was something you either had or didn't have. There was no autistic spectrum. So now when you look at it, she probably is somewhere along the autistic spectrum. Um, but still today, when we take her, they'll say she has um, pervasive developmental delay. They'll say she has cerebral palsy. They'll say she has mild mental retardation. They'll say she's autistic. Um, The only thing they can probably rule out is Down syndrome, but I'm sure we would bump into someone who would tell us they have Down syndrome too. So the frustration for me was not knowing what, The diagnosis was not that that would help, but finally we sat with somebody and we said, "Look, we're going to need help in doing this because we don't." I was a guy guy. I said to my wife when when our daughter Elisa was born, "Just understand, I'm never going to change a diaper. You know, I'm not that. I'm just I'm a guy guy. I don't do that type of stuff. I love (laughs) yes. I'll give you all the things." Um, 30 years later, I'm still changing diapers. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, they have that great saying, man plans and God laughs. Yeah. Um, and we've all just evolved quite a bit through that process. Um, so the frustration for me was not knowing and still not knowing. Uh, but finally they gave her a diagnosis of a mildly mentally retarded. Which meant in California we could we could get services from the regional center, and the regional center allowed us to put her into uh, programs, um, and those programs would be for like her school. Like she went she went to school, but then after she finished school, she was allowed to go into a into a group home. She was allowed to go into group programs, and the state here is I don't know how we do it. We're bankrupt as a state. But for the 30 years that I've raised, my daughter, the state has been very, very kind in terms of helping us in, in programs and support and, and um, giving us to some degree, some uh, time away where we would have, I think we had uh, six or seven hours a month where we had respite care where we yeah. could go out and you know, go to a movie or just do something. So right. Um, it is. It was nothing like I ever dreamed. Uh, when I look back on it now, I can say it's the greatest blessing I ever had. Um, but there were a lot of years in the course of that time where it was not the greatest blessing I ever had. Uh, I would say every single hair on my head and my beard <laughs> is has, has turned. <laughs> Uh, has turned white with the situations my daughter has brought me through, and they've been they've been hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's only been in the last five or ten years that it's really turned for me. And so that's she was that's I mean I always loved her. Don't get me wrong. I always loved her.
0: Oh yes, her. we always love our children, but sometimes we don't like them because of all the stuff that comes.
1: Yeah. I, I remember driving. We we live in a beach town in California and uh, she used to love the beach. And so she wanted to go to the water. And so we got in the car. I put the top down. We were, gonna, we were driving to the beach and we were driving through the town. And then somewhere along the line, she just decided she didn't want to go to the beach anymore. And so I was saying, well, we said we're going to go to the beach. Come on, let's just go to the beach. We'll see what it's like. And she threw a tantrum in the car screaming and yelling and people on the streets said, what are you doing to that girl? And they said, we're and suddenly the police were behind my back and I pulled over and I, I, with all the love in my heart, I said to the policeman, do me a favor, whatever you think I'm doing, multiply it by 10, take me, lock me up and you can deal with her. <laughs> like you just take yeah. me, put me in a cell um, because it just had gotten that frustrating.
0: Now I do want to stop right there because I want to commend the person for placing that call because we've actually have stories of the opposite totally where there was somebody in major trouble and nobody did anything totally so, totally and then and I I always say just call I mean we had a case on us that they called in on my son DCF here already knows about it because obviously we went I mean we lived with right. him for two years <laughs> right. They came they go, we already know his history, just uh, we know that it was that, and nothing else, so it's hard when you 're out in public to let these people under to know and for people to understand it may yeah. just be because they 're overwhelmed they they had too much of this, too much sound, too much it could be anything
1: totally that totally. sets them off yeah i didn't i didn't have any bad feelings about the people that called in what was going on i just i looked at the policeman and he looked at me and he said what's going on and i said sir with all due respect my daughter's developmentally delayed she's just having a moment um, i'm at i'm i'm at the end of that moment and so i i don't want you to lock me up i won't let you lock me up but but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the thought of a few minutes in a cell by myself without her going crazy on me i would really and he said, I'm so sorry. What can I do to help? And I said, you're, you're fine. What you've already done is calm the situation down and, you know, we'll just go back home now.
0: And that in and of itself, having a police officer understand yeah, and just be and turn around and say, hey, what do you need? What can I yeah. do? Like, Well, that's... you
1: can tell a lot about people from who they are. And mm-hmm. he saw that I wasn't. I mean, he saw that I wasn't doing anything.
0: Right. You
1: know? But but along the line, you know, my daughter needs everything. So I had to shower her, I had to change her, I had to change her her diapers. I, you know, along the way, we've had I've had I've had people that I really trusted also step in and really try and and hurt me. You know, so I had a nanny who we had at one point, and um, she called. I went away with my daughter on a vacation. I came back. She had cleared out the house of some of our things and some of her things. And she had called family services and said, you know, I was being sexually abusive to my daughter. Well, that would be the furthest thing for, I mean, I can't even imagine doing that, but, some, but that's what people do when they get hurt, they hurt other people. And so we had a family service person come and I said, boy, I'm happy you're here, you know, because in lots of cases this is what happens. Yes. But, it's like when I was a kid and we used to say, if someone says, you know, you beat your sister with a, with a broom, what are you going to say? No, I didn't. So I said, the only thing I can say to you is we have an extra room. I would invite you to stay with us for a week, a month, a year, however long you need to ascertain what I'm doing. Because if what I'm doing is wrong, I want to know. But I don't believe there's one thing about what I'm doing that's wrong. Right. But if, if you want to come here and live with us and check it out, you're more than welcome to do that. And she said, oh, come on. And, you know, I understand. I'm so sorry this is happening. And that's what people say. But but it doesn't stop people from doing that. And people of less calm get caught up in these fights, which doesn't do anybody any good. Yes.
0: Yeah. So taking back to the the thing that you were saying you wanted to know, but you didn't want to know. And you wanted to know, but you didn't want to know. And I know a lot of times that's what any special needs parent does. I mean, that's what we're fighting for right now is 100%. What does my child have? So I know how to help him or how to help her in your instance. I just, I've had a lot of people, I don't want them to be diagnosed. I don't want them to be this because then, you know, Everybody will look at them different. It's not yeah. that. It's tell me what they have, so I know how to best help. You know, yeah. whatever situation that they get into.
1: I think for me, it was it was more in the earlier years, in the in before three and and stuff like that, where I just I wanted to believe she was developing slowly. She looked normal. She acted she acted somewhat normal. She just. But while other kids were running and, and playing, she was just learning how to sit up. You know, yeah. she was definitely behind in everything. But I thought everybody has their, you know, she's just a slow. She's, and I had been in. A, uh, make it even weirder, I, I had been in had been in a in a yoga practice in a yoga community with with teachers, and some of the biggest saints in India. Were diagnosed as crazy and stupid and and delayed and retarded, and just they didn't function the way I functioned. And so I just I just thought, well, maybe Elisa's like that. Maybe she just doesn't function, and maybe she over time she'll come along. So, and I didn't want to accept the fact that my child was there was something wrong with her, or maybe that I had done something that had done something wrong, or I was responsible in some way, and. And I think when I finally sat with it and felt, hold it, doesn't matter what you want to acknowledge or don't acknowledge this. Right. (laughs) There's something going on here.
0: But you still go through that. I mean, I don't go through that part being the parent that gave birth to somebody with special needs because my two are adopted. Um, But I do struggle with their special needs in the event that some of their diagnoses are due to what their mom did. So, I mean I don't struggle with that part of you know I did something wrong but I can yeah. I know similar feelings to it just on the infertility side of it too so it's yeah. it's not an easy it's not an easy road for anybody
1: <laughs> Yeah and and what would it be like if we realized
0: All right guys if you've known me for a hot minute you know that Five years ago, I made the switch to a toxin and chemical-free home, and the company that I chose, based on all my research, was Young Living, and guys, yes, I've actually been to the farm, touched the plants, planted plants, and even saw the way that they just care about not just our plants but the members, us, the everyday people that purchase their products day in and day out and use their products day in and day out. So with this offer you go to myyl.com backslash D N J Floyd and that's F L O Y D. This will all be in the show notes. And When you purchase your Premium Starter Kit through that link, you will be sent a Thieves Household Cleaner, which will last you about six months. It lasts my family five to six months, but we use it on everything, floors, windows, steam mops, cars, we legit just use it on everything. so. Again, that website is myyl.com backslash DNJ Floyd. And that is also in the show notes. So hop on over, pick your premium starter kit, and get yourself a free bottle of cleaner. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: This is a gift that we've been given. Uh, yes. And my daughter, my daughter has become the biggest, most beautiful gift. I could ever dream of having. And she's helped me, she's helped me reestablish the way I do things and the way the world around me does things. And I teach her practice to corporations. So yeah. it's really amazing because what I saw in, in Elisa is that when she speaks and she doesn't get heard, because she can't communicate like you and I are talking. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about, you know, philosophy or Descartes or Kant or, you know, Socrates. We're talking right. about what do you want for, do you need to go to the bathroom or not? Right. right? And, um, and she'll, she'll try and say what she wants to say. And, and it's hard to understand her because her language is not clear. And being with her a long time, I understand her more than most people. Right. But, some, but still, sometimes I don't. And when I don't understand her, she'll yell. And I, and to her credit, sometimes when she yells, the way she pronounces the syllables is slightly <laughs> different and I, and I do get it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but most often it's not that way. Most often she's, she's just yelling now, which makes it all worse because I just can't hear her and she's getting more and more frustrated. And when she yells and I don't hear her, then she'll throw a tantrum and yeah. then it's, then it's hard to understand anything, but she wants me to. And yeah. when I don't understand it, when she throws a tantrum, then she'll come and attack me, she'll come running to me and try and rip my shirt or bite me or do something and this went on for it went on for a lot of years. It probably went on for like fifteen years, and sometimes it happened as many as ten or fifteen times a day and finally, like I think I'm a pretty intelligent person, but i I don't think I was very intelligent in those days, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. Finally, I looked at her and I said, Elisa, you know more than anything I want to understand what you're saying. So can you talk to me without your words? And she went from the midst of her rage into this beautiful, angelic-like smile. And in perfect English, she said, I am daddy. And I said, what the heck are you talking about you are? What do you mean you are daddy? How are you saying this to me? And she went like this. She pointed her finger to the side of her head, which I understood to mean she was putting thoughts into my head. So I said, are you telling me you're talking to me telepathically? Are you putting thoughts in my head? And she started to laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> and that laugh became contagious. And she was laughing and I was laughing. It felt like we laughed for months. It was probably two or three minutes, but we just yeah. couldn't stop laughing. And from the moment she did that, she's never yelled, she's never tantrumed, and she's never attacked. And what she taught me is every single person I know acts exactly that same way. When they speak and they don't get heard, they yell. When they yell and they don't get heard, they create a scene. They try and make chaos. When the chaos doesn't work, they try and destroy something. It could be a marriage, it could be a family, it could be a building, it could be a time, a square where people are are congregating, they just take a gun and shoot them. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to how do we listen and how do we hear people? Because if people get heard, they don't need to yell. They don't need to tantrum and no. they don't. Need, and so we need to look for ways, and especially in this community of ours, of developmentally delayed kids or or, yes. or foster kids. Those kids have been talking for a long time and not being heard. Mm-hmm. And so the only way they know how to get attention is they act out. But when they act out, they're just trying to get our attention. They're not saying what they really want to say yet because they're, they're just trying to get our attention so they can. But all too often, we we placate the action that's getting attention and don't listen to the thing they're really wanting to say, which doesn't solve anything. Right. Does that make yep. sense to you? A
0: hundred percent, yes. Because, I mean, that's what our children go through is when we calm down and sit down and just talk. Like take yeah. everything away. Just talk. Yeah. Tell me what you were trying to tell me. Tell me what tell yeah. me what you need. Tell me it it just you can see like your daughter, she just went from this to that. Yeah. You just see that like that calm come over them. And that's really for anybody. They just want to be heard.
1: A hundred billion percent. And yeah. so what she what what I'm about to do, what I was about to do before coronavirus hit. <laughs> is I was about to get into a van and go around the United States and just sit where, and sit and listen to people who don't get heard, right. who don't feel heard, and I thought those were going to be the homeless people, or delayed people, or the or the retarded people, or the people of lesser means. Until one day I was sitting in my chair and my wife said something to me, and she said, um, "I said, yeah, uh-huh, that's good." And she said, "You didn't hear a word I said, did you?" And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I was actually completely preoccupied. I'm so sorry. She said, well, there's so many times that I hear you don't, I, I don't feel like you listen to me. And I, and I thought, isn't that a great statement from the person closest to me <laughs> in the world? And I'm going to go out and listen to people. <laughs> like There's something <laughs> off on this, in this picture, right? Um, but I, I have the same thing happen when I talk to, to CEOs of companies. They say, I can't say what I actually feel. Because if I say what I actually feel, there'll be a closeness between me and the employees and they won't respect me. I need to keep that distance. Employees in those same companies say, when I say to them, are you able to say what you want to say? They said, hell no, we're not able to say it because everybody's everybody's in competition with each other here. There's not a culture of trust here. If yeah. we say what we really feel, people will use it against us. So. We live in a land where nobody's saying what they really want to say because of fear that it will be used against them. Yep. Doctors yep. aren't being aren't able to say what they need to say because we're, they're scared of lawsuits.
0: Well, we even have doctors that aren't even allowed to refer anymore because they would get in trouble with the medical board. Yeah, we just found that outrage, It's just say I'm like, just tell me. I like, can't.
1: Just tell I
0: know, me. Right. Just tell me. <laughs> and it, it makes life
1: exhausting, especially yeah. for people in our situation, because mm-hmm. all we want to hear is what is. We just want to hear what they believe. We can choose on our own if we believe what they believe, what they say. Right. Like, I don't all, I also don't have to, like, there's another place that I think is super important for people to know. Just because a doctor says it doesn't mean it's true. Yep. There have been so many cases in, in, in our world where. People have been diagnosed with something and told they'll never be different, and they become different. Yep. So it, it it's all to take it with a grain of salt for what it is. It's to help you, but then not to be trapped in that diagnosis.
0: Yeah. and that makes and, sense. Oh, yes. And two, in a lot of the diagnosis, you can have the same exact diagnosis across the board. You can have five kids with the same diagnosis. Yeah. Not one of them are going to be the same. Just exactly. like pregnancy. I love that. You could have everybody that's going to be pregnant, everybody pregnant, and it ain't going to be the same delivery. Yeah. It ain't going to be the same the nine months. <laughs> like,
1: It's not going to be the same kid, have, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's hope so. <laughs> Boy, that would be <laughs> something. <laughs> but it's just that, I mean, I know many people that have the same diagnosis my son has, and they're everybody's different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what we have to really just do is take it all as information. And part of the reason why I love this idea of the mosaic and and I wrote a book called the mosaic. If anybody wants to read it, it's, it's a a slightly a different story, but not that much different. It's the story about a, a boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same day. And he asked the adults where his parents went and the adults told him they're in a place called heaven. So he went out and searched for the place called heaven. And he didn't find rabbis and ministers and priests and Sufis and saints and medicine men and shamans and all those things. He found common, ordinary people. He found a trash man and a street artist and a homeless man and a a blind woman. And he was wondering, "Why why are these people coming to me? But in every moment when he sat and he listened to them, hearing their story made him see them entirely different than he had seen them when he first came up. And after having that happen over and, over and over and over and over and over again, he realized the world he sees is just that it's the world he sees. It's not the world that is. And when he realized the world he sees is not the world he that is, it naturally invited the question, what would the world look like if I didn't see it the way I see it? Yep. And that perspective is what we want from getting a doctor's opinion, from getting a friends' opinion, from getting. We just want to see different perspectives, so that we can make a mosaic of all those different perspectives and get clarity as absolutely. to how the world looks from a lot of different angles.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I just, we just had a um, instance of that. I constantly share with my therapist, you know, what's going on, because she meets with our children weekly. And I had sent something to her that was majorly concerning. She viewed it, read what I sent because I sent pictures and video and all that other stuff too. And she saw something completely different. Yeah. That was more concerning than what I was seeing. And it had never even crossed my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you take that, that that's, Really what we want is other people's opinions so we can gather all of this information yeah. and do what's best for
1: yeah. our children. And, and, and we have to be strong enough to make those decisions. Yep. Because just because someone is trained and sees something doesn't mean what they're seeing is right. We live with these kids. Yes. And, and there's nobody. I mean, they have knowledge. They don't have the experience.
0: Yeah, and i I've had a lot. I'm sure you have too. That say, oh, they they seem so nice. They seem so calm. They seem so well behaved. Right. They seem so insert whatever they seem. I would have never known. And yeah. I I like that I get that comment rather than that can't be true. Which I also have gotten that too. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. be that, that can't be that child. I'm like, yes, it is this child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Take them for 24 yeah. hours. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or 48 or six months, yeah. right? No. Uh, <laughs>
0: yes.
1: <laughs> and I say that all with the deepest love of my heart because I wouldn't want my daughter to be anywhere else. But, yeah. but right now in these days, you know, at a certain age, she saw kids in her school. Going away to college, and she decided, "I want to go to college too." Dad. Well, she couldn't go to college, but what she meant from that was, "I want to go live in a dormitory, which was a group home." And it broke yeah. my heart to have her live in a group home, but she's been so freaking happy being there. And she comes back here every other weekend. We we were coming back every weekend, but that got too confusing for her because she didn't. She was four days there, three days here, four days here, three days there, whatever it was. It was too. It yeah. was too disconcerting. So we we realized about every two weeks is, is perfect for about a four day visit, and um, she could not be happier. She's just the happiest little kid. We're all going,
0: and that's awesome that she's yeah. first of all comfortable doing that because yeah, I it know took a, a while. lot of people. Yeah, you got to get into the new routine and
1: yeah, <laughs> all yeah, that fun what, what
0: stuff.
1: I would always say. Um, I would hear what the school was saying. I said, well, that's just, that doesn't even sound like my daughter because she's completely different. Like with me, she's verbal. She talks, she says stuff Mm -hmm. there. She was crickets, you know, and they said, well, it's going to take her a while to get used to us. She's comfortable with you. Right. With, With us, it's going to take a while, but now she's gotten to that beautiful place where there is no difference between where she is and where she, when she's with me or when she's somewhere else. And that's exquisite. Yes,
0: that's amazing to hear. I love hearing stuff like that. yeah that no matter how much she struggles, she's still excelling.
1: Oh she is and yeah. she is
0: enjoying
1: yeah, and we have to never lose faith in them. We have to hold we have to just imagine if we're if we're walking into situations where people think the worst of us mm-hmm. eventually we end up thinking the worst of ourselves yep. And imagine for ourselves, just you and me, like if people think you'll never do this, you can't do this, you're no good, you won't be able to make that, you can't do that, you're just not, you're not smart enough to do that, you can't do that. And that's not what they say, but that's the feeling that they give. Why would you ever attempt to do it? Mm-hmm. But when you're around people that say, you can do this, I know you got, I mean, you'll do it. And when you, when the time is right, you'll do it. I'm 100% sure you'll grow to this point when the time is right, and you'll get it. And I, and I see you doing it, and I know you're gonna be able to do it, whether it's now or five years from now, or 10 years from now, I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Then they grow up believing that they're going to be able. They can have something much more.
0: Yes, absolutely. So. Well, all right. I appreciate you spending time with me today. It was so, such a pleasure to meet you via video.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: new reality. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm thankful for this too, just because. Yes. I, I don't have to worry about seeing somebody in person, you know, and all that. Yep. I get, I get to talk to some amazing people. So, to learn more about Daniel, you can visit his website, danielbrucelevin.com, or you can check out the website themosaiconline.com. dot com and. I'm assuming your book is available at that website as well. For the-
1: uh, it's available there or at Amazon if anybody wants to get it. I think it's a, for these days when we're locked in, it's a charming fable. Yes. So it's, it's a great read. And for anybody who wants it, it's perfect time to read it.
0: And both those websites, if you're trying to scramble, write this down, or you're driving, they're in the show notes. Just click more information. You can visit him there. And again, I thank you. And we will talk soon. Okay, that's it.
1: <laughs>
0: so I'll go do the intro.
1: It says yeah. you're still recording.
0: Yes, I am. I I okay. can stop. I, if I stop, then it starts to download, and I don't want it to jack oh, up stuff.
1: Okay. All right. Okay.
0: Because <laughs> we made it through. <laughs> we
1: made it <laughs> <laughs>
0: with, with one little small iffy part.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was good. It, 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 <laughs> we, it, it's good enough. We made it.
0: Yes, thank I, you so
1: much for having me. Thank you for this work no. you're doing. I think it's really important. So
0: well, thank you for being on. And I also do a Q&A session. So if I get any questions on your episode, either I'll reach out for your answers. Please. And you can either like soundbite it to me, whatnot, or we can just hop on and do this again. Love so. it.
1: Whatever whatever you need, I'm here for you because it's a uh, We have to be in this together, especially in this situation and especially in this time. So Yes, and I appreciate it.
0: Thank you very, very much. And I hope you have a nice evening.
1: You too. Big love to you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Graceful Truth Unscripted podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of that episode you're listening to right now head on over to your Instagram or Facebook stories and tag Graceful Truth Unscripted so more people can find our podcast. Also, if you really love us, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I will be reading as many reviews as I can on the next episode of the podcast. So be sure to listen for your shout out. If you haven't already, please click that subscribe button so you don't miss a show. And don't forget, if you have a question for the show, shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook or email gracefultruthunscripted at gmail.com. All right, y'all time to spread the sunshine wherever you go. See ya.